Uh, the adventure is part of a larger movement called Foursquare. Um, I don't know if, if you know what Foursquare is, but people often ask me what it stands for, and it stands for these four things. Jesus the Savior, Jesus the Healer, Jesus the Baptizer with the Holy Spirit, and Jesus the soon-coming King. And today we're going to focus on Jesus as our healer. We're in a series uh, on the book of Mark, Journey Through the Book of Mark, and um, this particular section really deals with a lot of different types of healings that Jesus did. As a matter of fact, 20% of Jesus's ministry was, was around the issue of healing. 20%, one-fifth of his ministry was about healing. And Hebrews, Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday today and forever. So today we're going to talk about uh, three different types of healing that the Lord does, physical healing, spiritual healing, and emotional healing. And we're also going to tackle the tough question, what about when God doesn't heal? Like, how do we deal with that? Because how many of you have actually seen or witnessed someone get healed or been healed yourself? Anybody? Raise your hands high. Yeah. Jesus is still in the business of healing today. But sadly, there are also many of you here, and I won't ask you to raise your hands, but there are several of you here, and you've been wondering, why doesn't he heal me? Why doesn't the Lord hear my cry? I've been crying out for years, and I'm still not healed. I know that that's a question that, that many of us wrestle with. And so today we're going to kind of dive into that and tackle that. Um, we're going to start, we're, we're going through Mark slowly. Um, We're starting in in chapter 1, verse 29. It says, Mark chapter 1, 29, after Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So he went to her bedside, took her by the hand, and helped her sit up. Then the fever left her, and she prepared a meal for them. Can you imagine? Here this woman is sick in bed. And, and at the time, you know, there was, not, there was not a lot of healing available. And all of a sudden, Jesus comes in, helps her sit up. She's healed. The fever breaks. And she gets up and immediately starts serving him. This is not uh, typical. You know, a lot of times, like, there's a story where Jesus heals 10 lepers. And only one of them comes back to serve him. And so, so I just want to encourage us all that we are going to pray at the end. If you have anything that you need healing for, anything at all, physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, any of these things, we are going to pray and we are going to believe that Jesus still heals today because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Don't you think that the God who created the heavens and the earth with just a word can still heal? Don't you believe that the God of the universe can still heal us? And why would he stop? Why would he stop? I mean, there are certain times in history where there's a, like a move of it. For example, in our movement in Foursquare, our founder had this spiritual gift of healing. She would go into a wing of a hospital and she would pray and literally hundreds and hundreds of people got healed. I mean, even in the museum, they have crutches and wheelchairs and and evidence of so many people that were divinely healed, divinely healed. Um, 
we have to ask, though, what, what is healing, first of all? Um, there's three definitions that I found. It means to restore to health or soundness, you know, to have a, a cure for a sickness or a mental uh, malady. It means to ease or to relieve. This probably has more to do with like emotional healing, emotional distress, um, or to set right, to repair, to relieve or eliminate. So for example, let's say you have a rift with someone and we say, oh, that rift was healed, which means it was, it was restored or hopefully brought back to better, a better position. So these are the three different types of healing. But what about miraculous healing? What about divine healing? I mean, how can we quantify that? How can we say that was a divine thing? Because a lot of times, you know, people will say, oh, well, you know, God used the doctors, so that wasn't miraculous. And in some cases, it's not miraculous. Some, I mean, it's always a miracle because of, of, you know, the medicine and the things that doctors can provide. But when do we determine if it's really a miracle or if it's a divine healing? Uh, there's a guy named uh, Lee Strobel. I don't know if you've heard of him. He wrote a book called A Case for Faith. He wrote, first of all, A Case for Christ. He, he was a journalist for the Chicago Trib. Uh, he was a legal journalist. And his whole emphasis was to, to find truth. And so he, uh, he researched and he thought, he, he was going to take a weekend and disprove the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Well, a year and nine months later, he realized because of all of the evidence and all of the eyewitnesses and all of the early testimonies of people who, who saw Jesus raised from the dead, he was convinced and he became a believer. There's actually even a movie about that that was written. Well, he's written a new book now and it's called A Case for Miracles. And uh, he found this quote by a philosopher named Richard Pertill, and it says, now this is what defines and distinguishes what a miracle is. A miracle is an event brought about by the power of God that is a temporary exception to the ordinary course of nature. Okay, so get this now. It's brought about by the power of God, and it's temporary, and it's it's unique from the natural order of things or the natural course of nature for the purpose of showing that God is active in history. I'm going to read this again. A miracle is an event brought about by the power of God that is a temporary exception to the ordinary course of nature for the purpose of showing that God is active in history. And I still believe it. I still believe that God wants to heal today. I still believe he has the power to do it and I still believe that sometimes people don't get the healing that they're asking for. But it says about Jesus in Matthew 4, 23, at the start of his ministry, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing what? Every disease and sickness among the people. So at the start of Jesus's ministry, everybody got healed. Now we wish that would still happen today, don't we? Every little ache and pain, we wish, Jesus, pray for me, heal me. We wish that that were the case, but it's not. Uh, in the original Greek, there's three different types of sickness, and we're going to kind of cover those today. Um, the need for, it, it's called nosos, which means like physical sickness. Malachia, which means like, it, they, it's, it says it's softness in the body or weakness or distress or debility. 
um, or sickness. Um, and also kakos, which means to be miserable, to be improperly functioning or to be set wrong. These are the three different types of, of sickness that it talks about when it's talking about the ministry of Jesus healing. Um, again, I want to ask, how many of you have ever been part of a healing, witnessed a healing? So you've seen it happen. And, and, and would you say, again, I want you to raise your hands. Would you say that it was divine, that it was a miraculous healing? Yeah. So there's evidence. We have people here who are saying they have actually seen divine healing. I am one of them. I have seen many different situations where people were healed and there was no explanation and no medical reason for it happening. I actually used to know a guy. He was the very first case of a documented healing of AIDS in the United States. He was uh, a young man who was uh, raped under the Golden Gate Bridge and ended up becoming a, a male prostitute. Um, he had contracted AIDS and he was literally on his deathbed. His numbers were extremely low. And the doctor told him, call your family because you are not going to survive the night. Well, someone prayed for him and he ended up getting instantaneously healed. And even the doctors, they just said, the only explanation we have is that you've experienced a miracle. And so they actually even have medical documentation of him. Um, I've been healed. I told you guys about my hamstring during a service one night. The pastor had what we call a word of knowledge. He knew that there was something that God wanted to do, and God instantaneously healed me of something that I had struggled with for about five years. Um, there's, there's a pastor down in Cedar City, and his daughter went deaf as a result of a very high fever. She was up at Primary Children's Hospital, and my late husband, Eric, went up there, and he prayed, and she received her hearing back. And the doctor said, we don't know how to explain this. This is a miracle. So I still contend that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That the God of the universe who put those epic mountains out there is a God who is concerned about the little details of our lives too and who wants to heal us. However, Jesus is more concerned about our spirituality than he is about our physical comfort. You know, I, I often say Jesus is more concerned with our character than he is with our comfort. We, we'd like it to be the other way around, wouldn't we? We want Jesus to be more concerned with our comfort than our character. But spiritual healing is the first kind we're going to tackle today. And this starts in Mark 1:32. It says, that evening after sunset, many sick and demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. The whole town gathered at the door to watch. I think that's so funny. It must have been a really small town. Imagine, they're all at the door. I mean, that wouldn't be happening in Salt Lake City. You know, everybody's like... <laughs> it says, a whole town gathered at the door to watch. Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases. He cast out many demons. But... Because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. I, I've always wondered, you know, I used to wonder, why in the world wouldn't he let them speak? Well, he answers it and he says, basically, my time has not yet come. I don't want the demons to be the ones to announce the coming of, of the Messiah. It says, you know, it says actually in James, it says, even the demons believe and shudder. I mean, demons believe in Jesus, so just because somebody tells you that they're of the Lord or of Jesus doesn't necessarily mean that they are actually of the Jesus Christ. 
King of Kings, Lord of Lords, God of all gods, the sovereign God. Just because someone says they come from Jesus doesn't mean they necessarily do. Um, Verse 35, it says, before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got out and get this now. He went to an isolated place to pray. Before daybreak the next morning, this is when Jesus got up and he went to an isolated place. He was all by himself. He got alone with the Lord. He's setting an example for us. You know, when I have my, my time with the Lord in the morning, I, it's like I can't bring my phone, I can't bring my laptop because it just, I get so distracted. Isn't that what happens? You, you, you want to spend time in the presence of the Lord and then everything distracts you. Well, the same thing happened to Jesus. It says, later Simon and the others went out to find him. When they found him, they said, everyone's looking for you. Well, of course everyone was looking for him. He was healing people. People wanted to get healed. It says, but Jesus replied, now I want you to get this. This is so critical. We must go on to the other towns as well and I will preach to them too. Now listen, that is why I came. Jesus is saying, I didn't just come here to heal people and to make people feel better temporarily. I came to heal them eternally. I came to set them free from their sins. I came to promise them eternal life. That is why Jesus came, not just to do these miracles. He actually says later, he says, a wicked and perverse generation seeks a sign. I mean, you know, even even the feeding of the 5,000, it's like Jesus took two fish and five loaves and fed over 5,000 people, not including women and children. So 5,000 men plus their families. And, And that was an amazing miracle, but that's not why Jesus came. Jesus came to heal us spiritually. He came to save us from our sins. He came to seek and to save the lost. That is why he came. So he really doesn't want the emphasis to be on these miracles. He doesn't want it to be on healing. And I believe that's true today. I don't believe he wants the healing to be the issue. Yes, he cares about us. We are his children. He's concerned about us, but I don't think he wants that to be the focus. I think he wants the main focus to be on who he is and on our relationship with him. So it says, I will preach to them too. That is why I came. So he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. We talked about that a few weeks back. I believe there are still demonic entities that rule people and not just in those other countries, but also even maybe in Utah. I believe there are still demonic entities. And sometimes you can feel it, right? Like you walk into somebody's house and you're like your spidey senses just start, right? Uh, You know, and you just go, okay, I need to, I need to go pray or something. You know, there are demonic forces. Even in Ephesians six, it talks about them. You know, we're not wrestling against people. We're wrestling against principalities. We're wrestling against rulers of the darkness. And you can almost always bet after you come off some kind of a spiritual high, boom, right there. How many of you after Easter just like got attacked immediately? The enemy just boom. That's how he operates. Oh, he sucks. Anyway, emotional healing. We're going to talk about emotional healing. Mark 140, a man with leprosy. Now I want you to get this leprosy. That's a really important thing. He came and knelt in front of Jesus begging to be healed. If you're willing, you can heal me and make me clean. He said, now get this. Moved with compassion. 
Jesus reached out and touched a leper. He touched a leper. Now, on so many levels, this is not what we would do. We would stand back and go, you know what? I'll pray for you, brother. I'll be over here. Right? We would not touch. Leprosy is extremely contagious. And so Jesus touches him. And not only was it contagious, and not only did Jesus risk getting it himself, also because he was following the rabbinic law, he was following the the law of, of the old covenant, he was considered unclean. So the leper was unclean, and it says throughout Leviticus, it talks about if anyone has a skin disease, do not touch that person, they are unclean. If you touch them, then you're unclean which meant that you couldn't go into the temple and it was just, it was a big long process. And so, but Jesus is like, I am not motivated by the letter of the law. I am moved by compassion. That's the difference. Jesus is coming with the new covenant that is not rooted in law. It is rooted in love. Not that the Old Testament is not rooted in love because everything that God does is motivated by that. But Jesus said, again, he came to fulfill the law. He was moving in compassion, touched the leper, and it says, he said, I am willing, be healed. And instantly the, de- the leprosy disappeared and the man was healed. Then Jesus sent him on his way with a stern warning, don't tell anyone about this. Okay, get that? Don't tell anyone about this. Instead, go to the priest and let him examine you. Take along the offering required for the law of Moses for those who have been healed of leprosy. This will be a public testimony that you've been cleansed. What was happening at this time was the religious leaders were starting to get really threatened by Jesus because throngs of people were following him. And especially when he started doing these miracles, it says, you know, many people came out. And so, you know, the the high priests, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and teachers of the law, they were all really super threatened by Jesus. And so Jesus knew that if this guy went out and started spreading the rumor that one of those high priests would probably go to all the priests and say, do not validate that this is a healing because they were so opposed to Jesus. And so, but what you'd have to do if you, if you were healed, it says in Leviticus 14, the Lord said to Moses, the following instructions are for those seeking ceremonial purification from a skin disease or leprosy. Those who have been healed must be brought to the priest who will examine them at a place outside the camp. They couldn't even be in with, with society. He will perform a purification ceremony using two live birds that are ceremonially clean, a stick of cedar, some scarlet yarn, and a hyssop branch. Aren't you glad we don't have to do this kind of stuff today? But Jesus was saying that he wanted him to go and get the validation that he was healed instead of telling everyone. You know, Jesus, again, his time had not yet come, and he came to preach the good news of salvation. He didn't come merely to heal. So that's why he told this guy, please don't tell anyone. But the guy did it anyway. He went, and so, then it says, Jesus sent him on his way, and it says, um, oh, wait, where is it? Sorry. Oh, um, move ahead to uh, verse 45. It says, but the man went and spread the word, proclaiming to everyone what had happened. And as a result... Large crowds soon surrounded Jesus, and he couldn't publicly enter a town anywhere. 
He had to stay out in secluded places, but people from everywhere kept coming to him. Now keep in mind, leprosy was what they call a socially produced shame disease. So people that had leprosy, I want you to put yourself in their position. It's, it's, leprosy's been pretty much eradicated, but at the time, it was rampant and it was exceedingly contagious and detrimental to the health of whomever got it. And it was, it was very, very widespread. But what about the emotional state of people who had leprosy? Think about that. They were rejected and shunned, so they were dealing with rejection issues. They were dealing with abandonment issues. They were dealing with shame and low self-worth. We can actually substitute the word sin for the word leprosy. Because what does sin do to us? Sin isolates us from others and from God. Sin makes us feel bad about ourselves, badly about ourselves, right? Sin makes us think God's rejecting us, even though he's not. Sin, I mean, all of the same things. Sin produces shame, which Jesus came to die for. And so think about what would happen with these lepers. Because whenever they would go in public, they'd have to go, unclean, unclean. They'd have to announce that they were coming to warn other people. Sorry for those of you who were sleeping. Just woke you up there. Um, (laughs) But they'd have to announce that they were coming in public. And then everybody would like scatter because nobody wanted to get leprosy. So imagine what was going on in the lives of these people. I mean, there were some serious emotional issues going on. Jesus came to heal those too. In the same way, he's come to heal our emotional issues. He's come to heal our areas of brokenness and rejection and abandonment and disappointment and bitterness and woundedness. He's come to miraculously heal that. And you know, there are some of us for years and years and years, we have prayed, God, heal me from this wound. Heal me from this something, you know, earth shattering situation. And I just believe that today Jesus wants to bring healing. He wants to bring instantaneous healing. And he wants us to believe that he wants to heal us emotionally. I believe that Jesus doesn't want just the miracles though. He wants our hearts. He really wants salvation to be the thing that we are most excited about. So what about when he doesn't heal? What about when God doesn't hear, doesn't hear our prayers or we feel like he hasn't heard our prayers? What, if, what about we've been praying for years and years and years for God to heal us of something and it just is not forthcoming? How do we deal with that? How do we respond to that? You know, it says in Psalm 34, 9, Fear the Lord, you his godly people, for those who fear him will have what? All they need. Now, there's a difference between our wants and our needs. The Bible never says Jesus will give us all of our wants because some of our wants will kill us, right? Jesus promises to give us all of our what? Everything we need for life and godliness. Everything according to his will and his good purpose. It says in verse 10, even strong lions sometimes go hungry, but read this with me. Those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Now, again, we, 
We don't define the word good the same way God does because it says in Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good for those who have been called according to his purpose. And that's a thing we need to distinguish. God will use whatever means necessary to show us how desperate we are for him. He will use whatever he has to to get us to draw near to him. But every once in a while, God will heal. Did any of you see the movie Breakthrough? The girl from This Is Us, Chrissy Metz. I won't give it away, but there's a scene in there. And there's this woman and she's asking, why did God heal you and not my husband? Because her husband had passed away a couple of years before. And people used to always ask me, why didn't God heal Eric, my husband who passed away unexpectedly three years ago? Why didn't God heal him? And you know what my answer is? God did heal him. There's three kinds of healing that can happen in our, with our physical maladies. Either we are divinely healed, which obviously we like. <laughs> then there's a medical healing, which is also good. But then the ultimate healing is when we are set free from this earthly body and we go to heaven and we are reunited with the Lord. Yeah, that's the healing I'm looking forward to. Yes. And so ultimately, Eric did get the the best healing. That's the healing that I want. Don't tell my kids that, but that's the healing I want. Don't you? To be set free from this earth and get to go see Jesus face to face. Jesus, the soon coming king. Ah, I long for that day. I long for that day. There's a story of a woman named Barbara Snyder. This was in the book, A Case for Miracles by Lee Strobel. Barbara Snyder was, um, she was stricken with MS. She, all of her muscles completely atrophied. She lost her vision. She lost all of her control over all of her entire body. She was in this hospital and she was laying there and she was just all curled up and, um, and people couldn't understand why such a godly and amazing woman had been stricken with such a horrible malady. But she said that as she laid there for those years, she said she started a prayer ministry. She just laid there as long as, as, long as she was still alive, she was going to pray. Well, apparently someone called a radio station and, and when she was really at the end of her life, they called and said, please pray for a woman named Barbara Snyder. They kind of told the whole story. So this, on this Christian radio station, all of these people prayed for her. And 450 people actually wrote to her to let her know that they were praying for her. So as she was laying in her bed, she said, all of a sudden she heard this voice say, my child, get up and walk. And guess what happened? Her parents weren't in the room, so she told her friend, go get my parents, they need to be here. But she didn't wait. She just, she leapt out of her bed leapt out of her bed and was jumping up and down. She was 100% healed. Yeah. And, and her parents came in and they were, I mean, they were stunned because she was a shell of a woman. And her mother actually went up to her and her muscles had grown back. And the doctors were just like, we have no idea. 
This is a miracle. They had no explanation for this. So now why Barbara and why not Eric? Or why Barbara and why not you? Why is it that God doesn't heal some of us? I don't know. That's the answer. But I do know this. I, knew, I know the character of God. I know that God is good. I know that God knows everything. He knows the beginning from the end. I know that he is for us. He is motivated by compassion. I know that he cares for us. And I know sometimes he uses our weaknesses to perfect his power. These are the things I know for sure. I don't know why he chooses some people to heal and some people don't get healed. I don't understand it. I know there are those of you who have been asking for years for a physical healing of something. And we're going to go later today, we're going to go before the Lord and we are going to boldly ask him yet again. Remember the story of the woman, the widow, who went to the unjust judge and she's pounding on the door and it says, even though he being evil was annoyed, he was pretty much annoyed by her continually asking. He got up out of bed and went and answered the door. How much more does our just judge want us to keep asking so he can bring his miraculous salvation? I just believe that God wants us to be bold. He wants us to believe. You know, in Hebrews eleven six, it says that without faith, it is impossible to please God. We must believe that he exists and that he is the rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Is that who we are, Adventure Church? Because I have been praying for us. I have been praying that we would believe God and it would be counted unto us as righteousness. I have been praying that we would trust God in his goodness despite what's gone on in the past, despite not having been healed or seemingly not. And so I, I really believe today we're going to ask God and we're going to see some healings today. And some of you, emotional healing, you have been just burdened for years over something deep. Maybe, maybe you were sexually violated by a trusted caregiver or maybe you were you know, betrayed by someone really close or abandoned you know, or, or abused, beaten. And I just believe the Lord wants to bring a miraculous healing to hearts today. Or even mental things, depression, anxiety, plaguing thoughts, lying thoughts, lustful thoughts. I believe God has freedom today. And you know, we are so bad at this as Christians, as, as a family we blame the victim, don't we? We say, oh, well, I, I've had meningitis three times. I'm one in a million. <laughs> the doctors told me that once I got it, I would never get it again. Well, I showed them. I got it two more times. And so, but the last time that I got it, people were like, well, is there some unconfessed sin in your life? I was like, yeah, probably. I just don't remember it. <laughs> you know? But they were like, well, maybe that, that must be it. Or maybe you don't have enough faith. How many of you have, have heard these same things? You've been asking God and people are blaming you. It's your fault. Some, you know, and sometimes Jesus healed because of the person's faith. 
Sometimes Jesus healed because of someone else's faith. Remember the story of the centurion? He said, just say the word and my child will be healed, right? Sometimes Jesus didn't even wait around to find out if anybody had faith. He just healed them. Sometimes he stooped down and spit in the mud and put it on their eyes. Sometimes he just touched their eyes. Sometimes he stood off. You can't put him in a box. You can't have a formula for how God is going to heal. But I believe that he is asking us at this time and in this season to trust him and to believe him for healing. Mental, physical, emotional, and even spiritual. I believe that God wants to heal. He has healing in his wings. And it says in Psalm 103, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who does what? Let's read this together. Forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Good promise, yeah? I'm owning that one. There's an amazing, there was a woman who, um, oh, she's such an example to me. She actually mentored me when I first became a Christian. I mean, I was straight out of the world and God gave me this woman named Sylvia Fast, She was 85 years old, and she had been a professional gospel singer, and she had vocal nodes, and so when she went in for surgery, the surgeon uh, severed her vocal cords, so she couldn't sing, and she could only talk like this. And so she would have me come to her little trailer park, and I would sit with her, and she would have me open up the Bible and just read out loud to her. And when she would go to church, she would sit and whistle at the top of her lungs or something. I mean, she'd just whistle in church. It was so cool. I learned so much from that woman. Uh, Similarly, there's a story that I had heard years ago and I was reminded of it this week of a man named Dwayne Miller. Dwayne Miller was a professional singer and he was a pastor who had the gift of teaching. Well, suddenly one day, all of a sudden... He said it was as if someone had their hand on his throat. And it was like the, he went to 63 different doctors to figure this out. He traveled to Switzerland and went to these specialists, specialists in, vocal, in, uh, in vocal cords. His vocal cords were paralyzed. And so he couldn't sing anymore. He couldn't preach anymore. He couldn't speak So he ended up losing his job. So he was pretty destitute. He had a friend who was doing a Bible study. And he said, you know, Dwayne, I know it's really hard for you to talk, but I want to just ask you to come and just share a little bit at our Bible study. So Dwayne went and and he started talking about healing. And he started talking about how you can't put God in a box, how you can't say God is going to do it this way or God always does it this way or whatever. He was saying God doesn't want to be put in a box. And so he's, he's sitting there talking to this Bible study and someone recorded it. And he quoted this scripture, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit. And when he said the word pit, something changed. He, he got healed. 
And if you want to hear that whole thing, it's on, it's on YouTube. Um, his name is Dwayne Miller, D-U-A-N-E, Miller. And, it, I mean, it goes on, and he's completely overwhelmed with God's goodness. And, you know, he had prayed what, what we call the prayer of relinquishment, which Jesus prayed in Gethsemane, where he said, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. And I think in asking God, we have to be at the point where we relinquish it and we say, God, no matter what happens, I trust you. Though you slay me, yet I will continue to trust in you, right? But he still tells us to ask, to boldly come into the throne of grace, to boldly ask him. He's told us to ask him. Henry Nouwen wrote a book called The Wounded Healers, And it says, nobody escapes being wounded. We are all wounded people, whether physically, emotionally, mentally, or spiritually. The main question is not, how can we hide our wounds so we don't have to be embarrassed? But rather, how can we put our woundedness out into the service of others? When our wounds cease to be a source of shame and they become a source of healing, we have then become wounded healers. That's my prayer for us. I pray that we would boldly go and ask the Lord, but I also ask that we would would take what we have experienced. We would take the things, the areas of our weakness and our woundedness, and we would use it to the glory of God, use it in the service of others. But I just want to be bold now, and I want to ask you. I just want to step out in faith, and I have been praying about this and, and telling the Lord, you know what? I believe you. Help my unbelief, okay? But I believe God is, is putting it on my heart to challenge you right now. And so I want to ask, if there's any area in your life, whether it's physical or emotional or mental or spiritual, if that's you, I just want to ask you to stand up right now. As a statement to God, I want to be healed. I want to be healed. Awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, let's go before God. Let's trust him. Can we do that together? Can we trust him? Can you hold your hands out as a sign of just relinquishing, just saying, I trust you, God. Lord, in the name of Jesus, (laughs) oh God, we come before you. Lord, we are so grateful that you are good. We are so grateful that you are moved with compassion, even today. Lord, and in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we let our requests be made known unto you. Lord, we let you know, we tell you, we need healing. Lord, I need healing. Lord, we are coming into your presence, asking you, Lord, to demonstrate your faithfulness to us. Lord, we cry out. We cry out for your healing. We cry out, Lord. We know that you are in the business of healing. And so we are asking you, Lord. We are trusting you. Trusting in your mercies, Lord. Just like that song said, Lord, you don't owe us anything. But you do ask us to believe, Lord. Even like in James, where it says, if anyone's sick, let let us pray to for each other. Lord, we pray for each other right now. We pray as a family. We pray as a church body. 
God, bring your healing. Let your divine, miraculous healing fall in this place. Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, I've already heard stories of people that were healed already. Thank you. Thanks be to your name, Lord God. We bless you. Now let's just applaud the Lord. We bless you. Lord, we know that you are good. We know that you are faithful, Lord. We thank you, God. Pour out your healing. Amen.